your tax man. Oya Mechiko. You steal from Razor Ramon. You rip off the bad guy. Do you know how long and hard I work to buy this precious gold? How dear to me, Corazon, make my heart this gold is? Do you know, tax man, what a guy like me can do to a guy like you? <laughs> I have no idea. Wait a minute. I can't believe it. I can't believe what I'm saying. It's you people. What's with him? You know who I am. But you don't know why I'm here. go to war? You want a war? You're gonna get one. Hard work pays off. Dreams come true. Bad times don't last, but bad guys do. It was about 15 hours ago when Kevin Nash posted uh, on Instagram that WWE Hall of Famer, two-time Hall of Famer, uh, Scott Hall would be taken off of life support. And it's kind of taking the wrestling world by storm here with tributes to him. Uh, so that's exactly what we're going to do here ourselves. We're going to pay tribute to Scott Hall at the time of this recording, according to Dave Meltzer and confirmed by Sean Waltman, X-Pac, that he has not passed away yet. Uh, so we're still holding out hope that he does pull through this. Um but we still wanted to go come on and just talk about Scott Hall's uh, impact, what he meant to us, uh, and just everything he's done so far in the business uh, since it seems to be on everybody's mind right now. Uh, it's it's kind of a shame that um, he's not really one that, I mean, he did the NWO and he was an outsider. But besides that, he's not really recognized. He has his couple moments, but that's about all people do. It's not like a Shawn Michaels where they talk about his whole career. It's usually, you know, ladder match, NWO hall of fame, but, uh, in a very long career in and out of WWE. Yeah. And like I said, it's just kind of a shame that, you know, some of the, you know, younger fans or even some more casual fans don't realize the impact that he had 
um, not only in WWE, WWF, WCW, but all across the wrestling landscape. He was one of the, the key players of the start of the Monday Night Wars, which brought wrestling into its biggest boom period. Yeah. Uh, I mean, since, he... since Hulk Hogan in the mid-80s, him jumping the barrier on WCW on uh, Nitro, that, that was that was the start of it. That was a game changer. You, you want a war, you're going to get one. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to it a little later too, but I mean, at one point he was looked at as being the replacement for Hulk Hogan in the AWA. He helped um, jumpstart TNA as it was doing its weekly pay-per-views. Um, as I mentioned before, the ladder match, and he helped bring the IC title to a new stage that it truly had never seen before. He It, it seemed like wherever he was, he could be considered a founding father of something. Yeah. I mean, and and... Just from my standpoint, I mentioned on one where we talked about our, you know, how we got into wrestling and all that. I said how I had the WCW tapes. Obviously, if it started with that faithful bash at the beach and it went all the way until 2000, and each of those tapes, Scott Hall was either on wrestling, whether it be wrestling for the TV title, tag title, US title, heavyweight title, introducing Dusty Rhodes as a member of the NWO. Or even just cutting a Hey Yo promo, he was on, on every single tape. It was just something that I associated with with wrestling. Um, ironically enough, I remember getting the Scott Hall figure in the NWO set. So it was Hulk, Nash, and Hall. Hmm. And at that point, Hall had been off TV for about a year. I still knew who he was because of the tapes and then because of games like WCW Mayhem. I mean, it just shows the kind of impact he had where he wasn't always on TV, but he was always in someone's mind. Right. Uh, I mean, in the good or the bad, it seems like there is a period, I mean, I think so, where I remember it seems like every week uh, one of our favorites or a legend was getting into some sort of, you know, debauchery off screen. Whether it be... Yeah, I mean, in this time period, I remember Hall, the Hardys, Dustin Rhodes, Kurt Angle. I mean, it seemed like a lot of them were getting into trouble. And I think Hall's story, although not put into a documentary, um, was probably the most uplifting of them all. Just because, you know, he never really blamed anyone else. And he overcame everything. To the point where at one point he couldn't walk and then he was able to take a bump on wrestling's grandest stage yeah and a big, a big shout out to ddp on that one yeah uh, without him we probably wouldn't have had scott scott hall uh in our lives this this long yeah i i think i don't remember exactly who it was i don't know if it was nash or triple h but i remember one of them saying they thought scott hall would be inducted into the hall of fame after he had died um so the fact that he was there he got to cut you know that a was, lengthy that was back in 2014 uh, he got yeah inducted. that's that's been eight years now i mean he got to have one of the more one of the better speeches you know, he ended it with that quote don't really need to say it because it's all over twitter instagram facebook right now um 
I mean, he was he was just always a big part. I mean, he was with the Click. He was with the NWO. I mentioned the AWA before. There, he rode with the Hot Shots. There, I mean, Scott Hall, Rage Ramon, always a player, and it seemed he was always involved with the gold in one way or another. I mean, you really want to start with his history. Then, I mean, like everyone else, he started in the NWA and jumped around. Um, he he almost instantly began a feud with Dusty Rhodes, as one does in Florida. If, if Dusty, then, if Dusty is, likes you, you're... yeah, I would say yeah, Scott Hall had the look. Scott, he. He was a bigger guy. I mean, standing next to Kevin Ash, he doesn't look big. You got to figure he's six foot seven, usually around 280, 290. And he was just, he was always muscular. He had the tan, he had the hair on the chest. When he started wrestling, he had the Magnum PI mustache. Um, and that's when he went to the AWA. Vern <clears throat> Gagne wanted him to replace Hulk Hogan. On a side note, Hogan left, went back to the WWF. Vern Gagne was lacking for someone with merchandising. And he wanted Scott Hall to be that guy. Magnum Scott Hall, big Scott Hall. He wrestled in the AWA. He used a lot of moves that Hogan did. I mean, generic moves at the time. They were trying to recreate him, as everyone else did. WCW had Barry Windham. When Hogan left WWF, they had Luger. You're always trying to get that next guy. Um, his biggest impact in the AWA is he teamed with Kurt Henning, who, if you look at a lot of Scott Hall interviews now, he gives credit to his respecting the younger talent to Kurt Henning. Because Kurt Henning always told him, you know, the veteran pays for the meals, the veteran does the travel. Well, these two, um, they were a good tag team in the AWA. Uh, they actually defeated Jimmy Garvin and Steve Regal for the World Tag Team Championship in a 58-minute match. And they defended against the big guys there throughout the AWA. Once losing the title, he received a couple shots for the AWA Championship. Never won it. I'm sure Vern Gagne looked at him, even though he wanted him to be the next Hogan. Vern always wanted a technical guy. This caused Scott Hall to leave the AWA. I uh, went to WCW kind of with the same gimmick. Then after jumping from there to a couple tryouts in WWF, going to Puerto Rico, shows back up to WCW as the Diamond Stud, which was the beginnings of Razor Ramon. And it's been compared to Rick Rude, the gyrating hips, calling out the women, that kind of thing. He's actually managed by DDP, which is funny looking back on it. And he formed a tag team with Vinny Vegas, who would later be known as Kevin Nash. And that's where their friendship began. Um, after a little bit, WCW kind of floating around in the mid-card. Went to WWF. I don't need to explain to you about Razor Ramon. It's on almost every documentary of his. Came up with the idea from Scarface. Vince apparently had never seen Scarface. Undoubtedly the coolest character in that time period. Yeah. Vince loved it. So Razor Ramon made his debut. Uh, his biggest, I guess, coup would be the Intercontinental Championship. Shawn Michaels had that ladder match with him at WrestleMania 10. He, for time, would have the most reigns as Intercontinental Champion, which would be four. He was the first four-time. Interestingly enough, during his 
Intercontinental title reigns, he actually was the first big feud for Goldust for a title. Um, and Razor Ramon also would help introduce the one, two, three kid who of course famously beat him yeah. uh, as the rookie. I mean, there was just so many things Razor did the WWF. That was one, that was gotta... one of the first really big uh, moments on raw. Yeah. It was him. It was the upset. Yep. Uh, the one, two, three kid. And I mean, we talked about a big moment for mania, a big moment from raw, then a big moment at the Madison square garden show. Kurt, of course was the curtain call as he left WWF. Um, depending on what time period you watch the movies, you read the interviews, either Hall knew he had to leave because he didn't agree with Vince, or later on, it was because of the money, he was trying to raise a family, he, um, Turner was offering those guaranteed contracts, Vince wasn't, and as we mentioned, he showed up as the outsider, him, Nash, and Hogan dominated for years. Probably, uh, that, yeah, they were saying, like, <clears throat> Probably one of the most important moments in uh, wrestling history. Like in the, it's in the top five. Oh, for five. sure. Uh, there was also I was reading on Twitter. There was also just how think about how different the wrestling world would be today. Uh, I guess Scott Hall, in, like in, in, before going to WCW, he wanted to go work Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, so imagine how different it would be if, like just that delay of him showing up in WCW, just even just like a year year later oh for sure but i mean hall and nash they just um they revolutionized the industry they got those lifetime contracts they're not lifetime but the um guaranteed contracts supposedly in the contract they had it where they could no one could make more than them with that rumor that means whenever wcw would bring someone in or when goldberg's contract would get bumped they should get bumped up as well of course, they did the NWO. They brought their friend, you know, Sean Waltman over, Six Pack, um, tag team champions, U.S. champion, TV champion. In my mind, with the tapes, like I said, the most memory that comes to my mind is when Dusty Rhodes is introduced in the NWO. Um, I don't know if people listening are familiar with the Taz meme when he joined Aces of Eight or Aces and H. You know, it's getting hot in here, and he unbuttons the shirt. Yeah. Dusty did it first. Um, Scott Hall's fighting Larry Zabisco. Larry Zabisco was on the commentary team. Dusty Rhodes had his big red jacket on. He's managing Larry. He gets in the ring, and he unzips his coat, and there's an NWO shirt. And all the announcers got quiet. It made Tony Schiavone sick. Um, and, you know, Hall and Rhodes were a unit for a minute. The other big moment that he did in WCW is he's the one who stunned Goldberg with a stun gun. Oh, yeah. So Nash, so Nash could end the streak. Um, he was just he was involved with a lot um, always with the NWO whether it be black and white Wolfpack when they re- when they reunited him and Nash won the tag team championships six times and he was always just a focal point his last appearance was getting pinned by Sid Vicious at Super Brawl for the championship um and after that, he had a brief moment. I'm sure the videos are everywhere of him appearing at ECW. It's a loud pop for such a small arena. Yeah, that, that's been uh, he got being, to mix. That's been being circulated on social media all day today too. Was that moment? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he. I mean, I think had ECW stayed around, he would have stuck around. Um, I mean, him and Polly dangerously 
rode together in WCW. Just Incredible was there, who was PJ Polacco, who also rode with the out or the click. But as all things happen, he then had to go he went to end NJPW in Japan. Teamed with the New Japan NWO and waited a little bit. Then Vince McMahon needed a cancer to inject a lethal dose of poison. He got back with Nash and Hogan. Um, fun fact, his first match back, he defeated the same man that Brock Lesnar attacked in his first appearance, Spike Dudley. Poor Spike. Um, poor Spike. WrestleMania 18, of course, he had that infamous match with, Ho- or with Austin. Wasn't great, but it was a match that they had. And uh, you've heard you've heard about it on Dark Side of the Ring. Plane Ride from Hell happened. He got released. Then that's about where most people know. I mean, a lot of people didn't know about his AWA stuff. Most people kind of thought his career ended there. Um, he actually showed up to NWA TNA as it was in its infancy. Challenged for the heavyweight title quite a bit. Eventually challenged for the tag titles. Kevin Nash and Six Pot got there. That's when his issues really started hitting the wall. Um, he made in and out appearances from TNA between 2002 to 2010. Uh, especially once Hogan got there in 2010, they reunited the quote unquote band. Hogan didn't want to be a part of it, so it was Nash, Hall, and Pac. Um, biggest moment there is the band had a feaster fired briefcase, which briefly. That was their money in the bank. They had four briefcases on four corners. You had a heavyweight X Division tag team contract in one of them. And you had a pink slip in the other. Well, the band got the tag team title shot, and they cashed it in and won the tag titles. Uh, X-Pac wasn't there anymore, so they inducted Eric Young into the group, and he got to defend the titles under the Freebird rule. They did this, you know, because Hall obviously... Drug abuse, alcohol abuse. His body wasn't in the best shape. And um, due to his real life problems, he was eventually released. Then shortly after that, I'd say about two-ish years, is when he started getting with DDP. And you see part of it on the Jake the Snake Roberts documentary. But Hall also wanted, you know, one last chance for the wrestling business. Never really blamed anyone else but himself. And luckily, as we said, thank you, DDP. Got him healthy. He was the final inductee into the 2014 class. Um, mentioned the great speech that he gave. You're one of the best. Yeah. And then every so often, he'd reappear on Raw. I mean, he was a part of the Ascension's burial. Yeah. Um, the revival slash FTR just started talking about how the click buried them. So I guess you could say he was a part of that. Two of the coolest parts, WrestleMania 31, he came out with the NWO to help Sting. And he actually, like I said, he took a bump. Um, unexpected. I mean, out of these ones there, figure Hogan and Hall wouldn't take the bump. Poor Nash would have to. and Or the New Age Outlaws and Xbox would have to. But he took one. And then the other cool moment was the next year he went backstage and celebrated with Zack Ryder after Zack Ryder won the Intercontinental title in a ladder match. 
Oh, yeah, um, and, and really the last big moment was when the NWO got inducted into the Hall of Fame, making him a two-time Hall of Famer. Um, so then that meant Hogan, Hall, and Nash, Michaels, Booker. That's it. Or two-time Hall of Oh, and Ric Flair. Yeah. They were all two-time Hall of Famers now. So he he definitely had a long career. Um, it's unfortunate that the broken hip essentially caused the blood clot, which then caused three heart attacks and now has him on life support. Um, as of well, as you said, as of right now, Dave Meltzer reported he was taken off it. Yeah. So now just kind of unfortunately waiting for the news. I think this is going to play a big part into the coming WrestleMania season. Um, I mean, how how long he'd been in the business, and there's a lot of people looked up to him. I know Bailey was one. Obviously, Zack Ryder. His own son, Cody, wrestles. On Waltman just started getting into wrestling again. It'll be interesting to see um, how the torch gets carried. Uh, he had been such he'd been with the business so long that he's one of those i talked about it beforehand i call him a transgenerational superstar and what that would be not just you know a couple decades but someone that three or more decades always in the center of it and you figure 80s 90s and 2000s there's always somewhere near the main event or near a big title and we listed we could think you know hogan flair michaels Sting, maybe. Yeah, Sting. Piper. If you want to include Brock Lesnar, because 2000s, 2010s, and now. But, I mean, there's not a lot of people who've gone over three decades and always been near the top. And you figure the 2000s, he wasn't in the best of shape, but he was still, because of the name, because of the look, at the top. And just the, just the respect that he garnered, even through his... Uh, low points in his life, the respect he got from everybody else in the business. That's what helped him keep him relevant when he did uh, show up and make appearances. Uh, mm-hmm. it, mm, his appearances at his appearance alongside uh, uh, Nash and Hogan at uh, thirty one. Yeah, I mean one, that was big. Probably the 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 second best part of that show. Yeah. I mean, it's not often that you can say, you know, in the same night, could you figure Taker came back, and then the NWO came back, DX came back. There was just so many moments. It just showed that all those years later, I mean, people are still wearing NWO shirts. People are still talking about the invasion. And that's what these fickle wrestling fans who can love something one week, hate it the next. But we're going on, what, 20, 30 years? Uh, yeah, almost, going, almost 30 years, I mean, in 2025. Yeah. But 30 years, and wrestling fans haven't got tired of it. Yeah, yeah, from a group of fans that can turn on you in an instant, 
and he's been yeah. he's, he's been on the opposite end of that a couple of times himself, but he's always seen always pulls through. Just uh-huh. his shooting his shoot interviews. Yeah, uh, even his tweets. I mean, for a, for a while, uh, I mean, we make fun of Jim Ross and Mark Henry for it, but for a while, Scott Hall was the thirsty guy on Twitter. Hey, and we we respect it, you know. Yeah. Respect the game. <laughs> I mean, he didn't try and hide it just by liking. He outwardly tweeted people. He was he was the bad guy. Uh, I mean, it's just like I said, he's done he he's done so much. It's kind of a shame that people kind of group him into the two, either the ladder match or the NWO. And he had a 10-year career before, and then a 10-year career after. Might not have been pretty, but I mean, he was always there. That's a reason that he's one of the few two-time Hall of Famers. Um, and I know for a while, correct me if I'm wrong, but weren't they talking about before Kevin Nash didn't want to go in as Diesel, weren't they going to do Razor and Scott Hall separately? Then Kevin Nash didn't want to go in as Diesel because the connotation that Diesel was a terrible heavyweight champion. Um, I I do not remember. Um, because that's why because he went in as Razor Ramon. Or no, how did he go in? Is he Scott? I don't know, when he first got inducted. Uh, he went in under Razor. Yeah, yeah. Because that's they were going to do Nash the next year as Diesel. And then he's like, whoa, people did not like me as Diesel. And even just looking at his, bringing that up on his Wikipedia page, I mean, he's the number seven single star in 1994 is number 72 of the top 500 for the pwi years in 2003 match of the year in 94 best gimmick in 95 a lot that he hadn't done i mean he hadn't won a world title but i'll stand by it that not everyone needs a world championship yeah i just he was Intercontinental Champion for a while back when being Intercontinental Champion for a long time meant something. Yeah. Um, and, and to be at four times back and, when setting those kind of records, that meant something. Yeah. He, back then, the Intercontinental Championship was the, it was like, it was almost a 1A. Yeah. Um, that's obviously not the case anymore. Um, but yeah, his accomplishments. Oh, and then I, com- for himself. I completely forgot he won WCW's version of the Royal Rumble. He won World War Three, nineteen ninety-seven. There you go. I yeah he I mean I even forgot something. That's how lengthy and decorated his career was. Like I said, just briefly going through it like that. Um, you forget quite a few things. I mean, I didn't even touch on his juggle championship wrestling. <laughs> I really didn't even talk about a lot of his Puerto Rico wrestling or more into his Japan. He just, he's been all over. And it just, I don't know, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how the wrestling world reacts. I 
know I remember when Dust when Dusty died, you know, people would put polka dots on themselves. They dedicate matches to him. Are we gonna see this coming week? You know, how many people are gonna say, Hey yo, how many people are gonna have the razor on them? How many people are gonna have a toothpick and throw it at the camera? I think I think tonight is a little too soon. Uh, especially well, it depends if if we get uh like some breaking news or like an announcement from somebody uh mm-hmm. that the worst has happened. Uh that like within like the next like hour or so. Um I don't think they're gonna do anything tonight. Uh but yeah, definitely NXT or uh, well, especially NXT. The yeah. Sean's there. Yeah, there will be there will definitely be a tribute once. Uh, and I and I mentioned it to you. I think that this opens the door for the Intercontinental Championship to defend it in a ladder match at Mania. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess I told you because you brought it up before uh, we started uh, with Ricochet being IC champion. That'd be a great match. Yeah, I mean, you've got Ricochet, who would be the Shawn Michaels. And you'd have to find... I, I'm sure they could find someone. The first thing that comes to mind now, now that the New Day match is seemingly canceled, Sheamus could be a good Scott Hall. Okay. I mean, a, a bigger guy that can do the top rope moves. RDO. I mean, and I wouldn't mind seeing it. Sheamus and Ricochet. I guess we'll have to see what they do. I hope... Out of all times to have a reason for the Intercontinental title to matter, this is one of them. I mean, I remember when Pat Patterson passed away, they kind of did a little bit with the IC title. When Randy Savage passed away, they kind of did a little bit. And I'm really hoping that this kind of gives them a shot in the butt to put it on the pedestal it deserves. An unfortunate reason, but a reason nonetheless. Yeah, the, the the I think the greatest way to to honor Scout Hall this time would be to elevate the icy title again. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe even change its design a little bit too. Yeah, uh, add the white to it again. Yeah. <clears throat> but uh, yes, um, we haven't done many of these uh, type of episodes, and we always hate uh, doing them. Um, it's just a it's just a, a matter of life. Of being a wrestling fan, yep. Uh, a, lot, a, lot our, life... a lot of our heroes uh, fall into health problems quickly, and we're we sit on eggshells for a couple hours, a couple days, uh, just waiting. And like we said, I mean, it's just people say they want a miracle now of him potentially kicking out, but I think that'd be asking for a lot, considering uh, the miracle that we had of those extra eight years of life. Thanks to, you know, DDP and the yoga and him wanting to better himself. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Like we mentioned earlier, the Dave Meltzer tweets and X-Pac retorting the tweet. Doesn't sound like good news. But any time the announcement could come through, who knows? Um, Stranger things have happened. And this would just add to the legacy of Scott Hall if he indeed did kick out. Yes, you'll you'll be in our thoughts for uh, him and his family. Will be in our thoughts. Uh, do we know? Then, like Anthony said, we don't do very many of these. The few that we did, 
are over on our YouTube channel. Um, it was Bruno Sammartino, Gino Colin and Bam Bam Bigelow. Kind of the same ideas. This one, a little bit about their history, what they meant to the business, what it means going forward. Um, this one, I think, could be a little more impactful just because, you know, his friends are still in the business. Like I said, it'll just be interesting to see what characters this brings back to on-screen, how it gets impacted NXT, AEW, WWE, the world over. Yes, so go, go take a look at those, uh, youtube.com slash prowrestlingproverbs. Uh, and keep in touch with us on social media as well. Uh, we'll be keeping up on the news. Um... PW, PW Proverbs on Twitter, Pro Wrestling Proverbs everywhere else. Uh, thank you. <laughs>